Your child is 75% likely to leave church and leave the faith completely in their teen years. Today we want to share with you the four things that we've done to make sure our son loves God, served God and kept going to church through his teen years. Hi, my name's Anita. And my name's Kalechi. And you are listening to A A Quiver Full of Arrows, Arrows, the podcast. Raising Christian teens in the modern world. Based on the eternal truth of God's word. Wow, 75%. That's like three out of four kids who are serving God today, going to church, are basically going to walk away from the faith. That is amazing for me it's not amazing it's terrible yeah it's not amazing it's like wow but not a good wow no it's like bad bad wow wow. yeah and this is research from the barna trust they did this research study um to show that and i felt when we heard this uh, when i heard this i'm looking back at our son who is now 21 and thinking what did we do that made sure that he didn't leave church um, so looking at those things that I think there were four main things that yeah. we can share with the listeners today. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> okay. For me, the first thing is this is not about blaming the church. Any parent who's saying, oh, this is why churches are getting it wrong. This is where churches are getting it wrong. You've already missed the point. It's not the church's fault. And I'm not meaning only your church particularly, or the, I mean, the church in general, it's not your church's fault. And this is what I'm saying. If your child says to you, oh, dad, I don't want to go to church today. Mm. Oh, I don't want to go to church. He's already started saying that. Mm. Ask yourself why, or ask him why. Is it because that's a reflection of your child's relationship with God is that about where they're at right now as a Christian in their walk Mm. or is it because the church is dry or there's something bad happening in that church that he doesn't want to be in that space or with those people Mm. you know um, there's no perfect church so let's get that one out of the way first of all don't be a church hopping looking for the perfect church because there is none no but you said it wasn't the church fault but if the church isn't meeting the child's needs, then is it not the church's fault? Well, yes and no. If it's if the church is not meeting the child's needs, I mean, what are we talking about? Because like I said, we can't lay this squarely at the church. Okay. You're the parent. Mm. And this is a parent's podcast. Mm. And what we've done is we've been very, very proactive and very, very intentional. We used to say as youth leaders, when we were youth leaders for many, many years, we used to talk to the parents and say, their salvation, your kid's salvation is not automatic, it's not guaranteed just because you drag them to church on a Sunday and they go to youth group on a Friday night. Mm. You as a parent are the biggest factor. Mm. How things are in your home, them seeing you walk the walk, talk the talk, them seeing you not be... I think that's coming up though, isn't it? That's one of our points later on that you're going to cover. But I remember when we were youth leaders, I remember actually there's a scripture in Deuteronomy, I can't remember exactly where it is now, which talks about parents' responsibility. And I think that sometimes as youth leaders, I, I got the sense that 
the parents seemed to think it was our fault if the children didn't want to come to church or not. Yeah. So I fa- I was searching the scriptures <clears> like <throat> there must be something. There was something in Deuteronomy which talked about the per- parents' responsibility to make sure their child is, is trained in the in the right way. And mm. obviously, if the the child is coming to church and their parents aren't Christians or aren't follower God uh, followers of God, then yeah, it is the church's responsibility because they take on that parental that spiritual parental role yeah of and the it, child anyway. and when the scripture saying raise up a child in the way that he should go is not saying that the church doesn't raise up the child the parents raise up the child mm. yeah so we we came to that understanding that okay it's not the church's fault so as parents what should we be doing and what do we need to be doing and that's that's kind of where the next few steps will look at. So number one, it's not the church's fault. Yeah, don't blame the church. If the church really has some serious issues, why are you there? You know, if it's really got some serious issues, why are you there? But if it's not about, um, if it's, but again, there's no perfect church. If you're active in the church and serving in the church and stuff like that, stay and talk to your child and look at the relationship that that child is having um, with God. And that's point number two. We focused on making sure that our children, our son, had a relationship with God. And it is, you know, those words are banded about have a relationship with God, you know. What does it really mean? And we really spent time during his formative years talking to him about what that meant and looking at how he would build a relationship with God mm. and sometimes that looks like it's a bit mysterical and mysterical mysterical is not a word mysterical but anyway there's hysterical <laughs> there's <laughs> mysterious yeah it looks a bit you know relationship with God Ooh, but it's just like any other relationship yeah it's how do you build a relationship when you're preparing to get married or you meet new friends and mm-hmm. stuff like that how do you do that and we spoke to him about the first thing you can do is spend time with with God so you know without the TV without your computer without you know any other anybody else there and we encouraged him to go in your his room when he was quite young go in your room lying on your bed and listen to god (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like a punishment (laughs) i know that it was it was a bit weird at first but i said you know god talks to him the way that you talk to god in prayer god will talk to you and he will tell you exactly what he wants you to do and and all of that you can listen to his voice and you know one thing that we can tell our children is it's not automatic it's not gonna just be like the first time but if you were walking in a busy shopping mall and your mum up to today if your mum calls your name no matter how many people are around you will know it's your mum mm. you will know her voice because you've spent time <coughs> with her and you know her so we talked about getting to know him spending time with with god and that yeah. was the first in building a relationship with him yeah yeah my sheep know my voice yes the sheep respond to the shepherd's voice yes are you a follower of christ yeah do you know what it sounds like to hear from god Mm. 
that's not like a really high, high calling that only the pastors or, you know, the, um, you know, the, a man of God can hear. Mm. No, God speaks to us all. We should be constantly praying, not just to talk, but to listen. And um, teaching your child that, mm. teaching your child that. I tell you what used to always get um, our kids, I think it was important when we would say to him sometimes, God has shown me this about you. <laughs> <laughs> That's when they know they can't hide. <laughs> mm. That's when they know yeah, they yeah. can't hide. So they know that we're hearing from God. Mm. They should also. This is what I mean about being a Christian at home, at work, in church, mm. and letting your children know that this is central to your life. But you're trying to bring point number three in to point one and two. We okay. haven't finished okay. point two. Go ahead. Uh, Go so, ahead. and the second thing about knowing God, spending time with him, but um, Paul talks about knowing God in the fellowship of his suffering. And there's a scripture in Philippians 3 that I may know God. And we were blessed to go to a, a church where God moves and mm. they see things, the manifestations of the power of God on a regular basis. And um, so I wanted to make sure that it would my son, my children are not living off of my experiences, but are experiencing God for themselves as well. Yeah, so yeah. when they are ill, that they can pray to a God who heals and they will be healed. Yeah. If they need help with their exams, know that you're not going in there by yourself, but use the scriptures, which says I can do all things through Christ and go in there with confidence mm -hmm. and come out a few weeks later with the results that you've, you wanted yeah, because God yeah. has been helping. Not that you shouldn't do your revision and shouldn't do any work, but know that God puts his super on your natural. That's what I love saying. Yeah, God yeah. is putting your super, his superpower on your natural ability to make you supernaturally intelligent, you know? Glory. Um, so, so, yeah, Glory. So that's, that's how also, you know, spending time with him, knowing God, knowing God for yourself and, and, and making sure your children experience the presence of God, the power of God um, mm. in their own their own walk. And that's something that I'm a bit, if I'm honest, a little bit concerned about because our child number one is now 21 and he's a great example. We're very happy with his walk and he's still serving God. He's still in ministry. He's at university now studying business, but you know, he's doing really well and um, he's honouring God in every area of his life. Our younger one, child number two, child number three, age 12 and 14. What I'm looking for, you talked about those experiences when you meet with God and um, letting them experience that. Now, a lot of the ways in which teens do that in the first time is maybe when they go away to youth camp mm. and so on and so yeah. forth. If that's not happening in your home where, you know, um, people are receiving gifts of, Prophecy. prophecy or speaking mm. in tongues and all of that in your mm. home they'll they they can get that on the youth trips and the retreats and some and, or some experiences in church and you know i'm like um our kids we they, we need to send them on to some more camps and stuff like that because mm. i haven't seen them get those doses 
yeah, of yeah. the Holy Spirit. And I know it sounds thing, but Bit get medicinal. those. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I need them to get that. I want to see yeah. them because that's a key point. Not that that's it. Yeah, yeah. Not that just because, because like you said, or as I said, we as youth leaders created those experiences or were part of those experiences mm. for many, many teenagers who have today left the church. Mm. So it's not that alone. Oh. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So you've been trying to get to point number three for a long time and now you've got to point number three. So... You're doing this. You're a parent. You serve God. You go to church every Sunday and you take your children along, whether you drag them along or you bring them along. They're there. Okay. Um, so you've done your part, right? You've sent them off on youth camp. They go to the youth groups and stuff like that. They come back saying, oh, I had this amazing experience. I met God, da, 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 da. All of that. Yet the likelihood is they're going to leave. So if you're doing everything right, if you're doing all of these things, is that not enough? And I think I've touched on it before, which is basically is I think one of the problems is this. Sometimes we as parents put the Christianity thing in a box and it becomes fake because we do church on Sunday. And when we're at home, mm. We're not living the same way. We're not following the teachings of Christ. We're maybe allowing, they're seeing us be a bit like two-faced or a bit, you know, not real. Because kids, they want to know what is real, what is mm. authentic, what mm. is honest. If they see us um, being hard-hearted at home or being unforgiving mm. or being anything which is not the fruits of the Spirit, which is not Christ-like, what is the point of church anyway? What is that? Yeah. It's just yeah. a religion. Yeah, yeah. It's just a religion. It's just behavior it's not a modification. Is it? Yeah. It's not a lifestyle. It's not in it's not like core to who I am. I am not a disciple of Christ. If I'm trying to, I mean, none of us are perfect, but at the same time, I can't be fake. My kid needs to know that I am all about Jesus in every area of my life. Mm. I think and I think we experienced growing up two different um, viewpoints of that where my mum uh, my dad passed away when I was very young but my mum was like it was church every day in our house which growing up as a teenager was so frustrating so frustrating but it it kind of made me who I am today and I see myself doing exactly the same things mm. as my mum did so for example she would call prayer meeting yeah um off in the evenings prayer meeting we had to have family prayer meeting when when just before eastenders seriously oh. i mean why that's why? just child cruelty really. <laughs> i mean why and i don't know she didn't really watch eastenders or anything so i don't know if it was purposely but i felt it was purposely um you know she would do that and she, she so would... then the next day when you're at school and they're like Oh, did you see what happened yeah, to, to Dirty Dan and Angie yeah, and Sharon, Sharon and, and Ian oh, and Ian, Ian Bill? <laughs> Can you believe he's still alive? Anyway, um, I, couldn't argue... I couldn't contribute to those conversations. No, because you were in prayer meeting. meeting. Yeah. But praise the Lord. Um, and also just the way she opened up her house, she showed God's love. You know, growing up, 
I can't tell you how many people stayed in our little box room. You know, mm. there was person after person. Somebody needed uh, accommodation. So they would come, they would stay for a few weeks and they would go. I mean, you know, that was that was just my mum. And even today, there are always people in our house. And she used to have this like, um, it was, we called it B-Jam but it's Iceland now. I think they took over from B-Jam. Freezer, you know, one of those big freezers. You're really so... showing your age. What is even B-Jam? <laughs> Can you just... B-Jam. <laughs> so that she would have food in there whenever somebody came. So they would put, ring the bell. She would always be able to share. And I learned that about sharing, about showing the love of Christ. When, you know, single mothers didn't have somewhere to go for Christmas, it was just them and their child. They would spend Christmas at our house. And so I learned what it was to be a Christian, not just on a Sunday, going to church, praying, uh, speaking in tongues, reading the Bible, but yeah. also through, like you said, the fruits of the spirit kindness love and yeah and so yeah exactly now whereas um you've got great experiences of of growing up and my mum is amazing my dad not so amazing in my opinion I mean with all due respect because you know he was one day talking about <laughs> one day he even wrote a prayer book like a catholic prayer book and me and my brothers and sisters thought it was hilarious <laughs> that he would write a Catholic prayer book because we saw him um, be abusive. We saw him do um, have. We saw him with addictions. We saw mm. him with so many flaws. We saw him do things that we thought was actually a little bit evil, mm. you know. And yet, you want to talk about prayer? You want to write a prayer book? You are really not qualified, bro. Mm. It was like this whole church thing must be a joke mm. or people can take it for joke and so sometimes us as parents can be the reason mm. why your child is in the three out of four mm. it might be your fault mm. just because you took them to church is not it it's not enough you might be the reason why your child is in the three out of four in the 75 percent that bounces as soon as they're not forced to go oh. to church anymore yeah yeah yeah, so we decided, taking from our own experiences, that actually we can't be fake. You know, what we say and what we do has to match. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you were saying earlier about having a forgiving heart. One thing that is really hard sometimes, I think, for parents to do is to say sorry. Yeah. And I, I'm always saying to my children, I don't always get it right. Okay, sorry. And yeah. that usually shuts them up <laughs> when, they're, yeah. when they're angry or whatever. But yeah, be humble enough to say, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. Yeah, you be know? humble. Yeah. Um, and, and that really shows actually, yeah, they are who they say they are, you know? Yeah. So we've talked about points one, two, and three. Okay. Point four is really important to me. Um, I am so into um this point and it's really getting our children involved getting them serving the reason why we have all been created with uh, a purpose or for a purpose mm. we all have been blessed with gifts talents and we should be able to use them for the glory of god and um 
I'm not saying that everybody knows their purpose when they're five, six, seven, 11, 14, but you as a parent know or can identify some of the things that your child is good at. And so it's about channeling those things that they can use to serve God. And it was you who identified that our child number one was good at writing poems or um, like mm, rhyming or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say, can you empty the bins? He'll say, what, for my sins? I'll say, oh, oh, can you um, shut the door? What? And sweep the floor? You know, and he would always try to respond with a rhyme because he, I don't know, he was just going through that phase. He thought that was cool. <laughs> I said, okay, all right then. Here, I'd put this to good use. Here is a song, here is a beat. There was a famous remix, comp- there's a remix competition at, at that moment with um, a very famous, well, um, a leading Christian rapper at that time called Dwayne Triumph. And he put out one of his songs and any one of us, anybody could make their own version and then upload it and share it. So I sat him down and his cousin and um, the three of us all did a verse each. Mm. It was terrible. It wasn't that cool. It's still on YouTube. It's still there. I'm not taking it down because that's where we started. But that's when we realised that, yeah, actually, he can, he's all right, you know, he's got yeah. some skills. Yeah. And then also we had been um, paying for him to have music lessons, mm. you know, um, drum lessons. And so we're like, okay, well, church has got a drummer, but you could be a second drummer. Go and watch there. And eventually they gave him a chance to bang the drums and he started off like that as well, you know. Um, I think with our other two, um, they have different gifts and about uh, and abilities. And, you know, our youngest is 12, so he's still developing those. But, you know, the things that we have identified, we're like, yeah, go and do it. And I think it's easier to encourage your child to do something in church or in serving God when you yourself are doing something as well. Yeah, yeah. It can't be a it can't be a you go and do something and you're sitting and not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, I remember um, when child number two was just born or child number one was just born and we mm. were still youth leaders. We would be running those sessions with baby in our hand, passing them between the two of you. You're talking now? Okay, I'll carry the baby mm. and so on. And we took um, child number two on a youth camp. Like yeah. she was like three months old or something yeah, like that, four yeah. months old. So they've grown up seeing us serving God in mm. different ways. I'm a DJ, you do praise and worship. We've mm. been youth leaders, we've done so many different things. We are passionate about serving God and doing whatever we could do to for the benefit of the kingdom our kids have grown up seeing that yeah and i think that i know parents i can hear parents all over saying yeah but when do you find the time yeah. how my child is at school my child has tuition my child's doing music and sport and stuff how on earth are they going to be doing this as well and i hear you i really do because our kids do all of those things as well but i think that you what we've decided is that actually we need to tell them how important it is. Um, the scripture tells us that only the things that we do for God are going to last. Yeah. So yeah, they can, and we expect them to get all A's. We yeah. expect yeah. them to do their utter 
um, utmost best in their ed- education yeah. and in whatever they do. But, but it's so important that our child or children learn to serve the Lord with their gifts and their talents. Amen. That's just, Amen. that's just what it is. Yeah. And it's all about priorities again. Because yes, where do you find the time? I mean, we sound so middle class, like tuition. Our child has tuition, <laughs> you know. But basically, we get a book and we help them. Yeah. <laughs> no, but at the end of the day, yes, we do drive them up and down for dance class, for football training. You know, what our child number three is a top athlete or is aspiring to be. So there's all the stuff around that. But also, we don't miss church. We have to fit it around. Sometimes we're um, rushing into church late or whatever because we're coming straight from a game or whatever, but we make sure we're there. Mm. And he has to carry his kit with him to um, church and then we rush to the thing and we're rushing about. But priorities, Mm. priorities, they need to see that as well. Mm. They need to see that we're busy, but we're prioritizing, as we're prioritizing their schoolwork, we're prioritizing their... Um, getting good grades and stuff like that but God has to come first he does obviously he does he does and when you put him first you know God will add everything else to you um seek ye first the kingdom of God Matthew talks about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will come yeah in its time looks like McDonald's it comes in two minutes um, but it will come yeah. and, and that's really important. So we're nearly up for today. Our time's nearly over for today. But just to recap, the, we spoke about four things that we did in raising our child number one, which kept him loving God, serving God and in the church through his teen years. And just to recap, our first thing that we made sure that we didn't blame the church. Yeah, the church didn't always have brilliant activities and and stuff for our children um our son but the responsibility was not the church so that was the the fact number one that we took on board yeah, the buck stops with you the buck mr stops parent with. yep definitely point number two was that we made sure that our children our child had a relationship with God, making sure they know how to talk to him, making sure they know how to study his word, making sure they have an experience, a personal experience with God. Point number three, don't be fake. Yeah, integrity, integrity. Be a Christian all the time and let your, par- let your kids see that you're a Christian all the time, basically. Be real. Yeah. And point number four was you serve God and get your kids serving God. Yes. Get them using their gifts and their talents and their abilities for the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that we've um, we've still got two younger kids, younger teens, and we're learning all the time. Those are the four things that I think when we've looked back, we've done. Um, and I'm sure there are more things that you've done or other people have done as well. And I believe that God gives us all wisdom. And so we can add to those things to make sure that our children do reach their destiny and their purpose. We want to know what you think. What are your tactics? What are your strategies? 
okay as you can see our strategies are all long-term we're thinking eternal these are not quick fixes these are things we did on a day-to-day -day basis and the things that we did all the time and we will continue to do with our children um it's about a lifestyle and we're thinking long term we're thinking eternal um what ideas do you have what are you gonna do what have we missed what tactics can you share with us and with the other listeners about um helping your child to be still a Christian, still loving God, still in the faith, still attending church when they're 21, when they're 25, when they're 30. Please let us know. Email us at support at equiverfullofarrows.org. That's support at equiverfullofarrows.org. Also, you can check out our Facebook page, um, Anita and Kalechi, and our Instagram, Anita and Kalechi. Just search for us and we'll be there. Comment and um, please also, if you think that this is going to be really helpful to somebody or even a little bit helpful, <laughs> please share it with another parent because the reason why we're doing this is because we want to further the kingdom of God and we need to raise our kids as arrows to further the kingdom of God and go further than we have. Yeah, and I think it's also important for you to know that we believe that our children are a blessing from God. And as parents, we want to do everything that we can to make sure they fulfill their potential. 